Are you going to be teaching kindergarten next year for the first time, or do you know someone who is? Teaching kindergarten for the first time can be overwhelming, and maybe you're feeling unsure of where to start. Well, look no further. I have the ultimate survival guide for new kindergarten teachers. I created it based on all the things that you need to rock teaching kindergarten next year. All the things I wish I had known as a brand new kindergarten teacher. Get your mindset ready to tackle the challenges of kindergarten, learn how to set up your classroom for success, and master key strategies for teaching effectively. Plus, prepare for the first week of school like a pro. Don't miss out on this free guide, and please share it with your new teammates and friends who are moving to kindergarten next year. Get ready to embark on an incredible journey in kindergarten education with me as your virtual teammate cheering you on. Download the free guide today at www.kindergartencafe.org slash new dash teacher. That's kindergartencafe.org slash new dash teacher. Welcome to the kindergarten team. Hey there, teacher friends. How many times after recess has a teacher come up to talk to you about a problem that happened at recess? Or kids have run up to tell you about problems that happened at recess every single time? Yeah. (laughs) It's definitely one of the trickiest times of day, especially for you know, us teachers that aren't out at recess, which is great that we that's our time to get ready for the next parts of the day and go to the bathroom. But it's hard when we're not out there to help deal with this with the issues that occur. But even if we are out there, it's still a really tricky time of day for students. But it doesn't have to be like that where everyone's running up to tell you what went wrong. So today we're talking about how to support kids who struggle with recess. Let's dive in. You're listening to the Kindergarten Cafe Podcast, where kindergarten teachers come to learn classroom-tested tips and tricks and teaching ideas they can use in their classroom right away. I'm Zeba, creator and founder of Kindergarten Cafe, and I help kindergarten teachers with everything they need from arrival to dismissal in order to save time work smarter, not harder, and support students with engaging and purposeful lessons. I'm here to cheer you on through your successes and breakthroughs and offer support and resources so you never have to feel stuck or alone. Ready to start saving time and reducing your stress all while using effective and purposeful lessons that students love? Let's get started. I've always noticed that recess is a challenging time of day for students, but as the years went on, I noticed it was harder and harder and harder, and then COVID came and obviously made it a million times harder. Kids just, they literally aren't used to unstructured time. That's what I'm finding with my students anyway. They aren't used to having a chunk of time where no one is telling them what to do. They also because of COVID, really weren't used to interacting with other kids. Although thankfully, that is mostly adjusting itself these days. But even with the social isolation part being over, kids really do struggle with this unstructured time because they are booked with activities to do. And if they do have time where they're not doing something, oftentimes they're given technology as a way to keep them entertained and busy. So they don't know how to be bored. And I have found that 
My students, they only have 15 minutes or 20 minutes for recess, and they'll come up and tell me that they're bored. And that is just heartbreaking to me. This is the time of day that should be the most fun for them, and they're bored. Or in the older grades, I had students that just wanted to bring out a book to read, and that just makes me so sad. (laughs) So I decided to do something about it. I created some lessons on supporting kids at recess because just like any other part of our day, when we're noticing kids struggling with something, we can teach them strategies to help them through that those struggling moments. And that includes playing at recess. Even if we think it should be innate and should be obvious, it's clearly not for our students. And so this is our chance to teach them. So I created a set of lessons that walk students through how to navigate the playground and how to navigate those social interactions of asking to play with others or including others in your play. Again, things that might seem obvious to us, but a lot of kids actually really benefit from that explicit teaching on these social skills. The first thing that I noticed my students really needing was a list of activities that they could play at recess. Again, it seems obvious to us, but to spend some time the first couple of weeks of school, even on the first day, I go out to the playground with my students and I show them all the different pieces on the playground and what they can do with them on the structure, some games that they can play. It also helps to learn games that they could play not on the structure, like if they want to play soccer or tag or hopscotch. And to little by little, over the course of first couple of months, really showing them how they can play those games at recess with other kids. And being there for them to model those activities really helps to eliminate any kind of problems later on. This is also a good time to talk about recess rules. If you're going over tag and how you can play tag at recess, it's a great time to also talk about how you can't play tag on the structure or you can't hit when you're playing tag, things like that. It's important for kids to know the rules of what's expected of them, because if you don't explicitly tell them, they're not going to follow your rules probably, and then they're going to get in trouble because what they they didn't know, they didn't understand, that's not fair. We want to set them up for success by proactively teaching them the rules and what their options are at recess. Then I teach students how to ask others to play with them or how to join in a game with them. And I do this by phrasing it as everyone has a role on the playground. You're either an asker or an includer. And the askers ask others to play if they can join in their game. And the includers include people in their game. And I teach my students exactly how to ask others how to play. And when the person is being asked if they can join in the game, we talk about how they can say yes, how they can be an includer and why it's important to be an includer. An important thing that we discuss as a class is if you're an includer, you say yes and, and then you give some information about the game that they're playing. Because it's happened so many times where kids will come up to me and say, I asked them to play and then they just ran away. And then you talk to the kid who ran away and they're like, yeah, we're playing tag. But they didn't tell the other person that. But that's just typical kindergartners, which is why I love them. 
because they literally can't think about how the other person didn't even know that they're playing tag. So this sort of lifts off the curtain and shows them the inside of people's brains and helps them to realize other perspective that you do need to give some information on what it is you're playing. So that yes and is the perfect sentence starter to help them remember that they need to give a little a little information like yes and we're playing tag, you're it. Or yes and we're playing soccer and you can join this team. Something very simple but very important. We also talk a lot about what it means to be welcoming and not welcoming. Because if someone's asking to join in playing and you're looking at them with your eyes rolled and your hands crossed, uh, it's not very welcoming and it makes people feel bad. But that's not something that kids understand. They don't understand how they come across as not welcoming. So showing examples of what it means to be welcoming with your body, with your face, with your tone of voice, and examples of how not to be welcoming is a really important lesson for students. We also talk about how this nonverbal communication could be a way of students showing interest in an activity. We talk about how some kids don't have the words yet to ask to play. And this is an important part of the lesson in askers and includers, because some kids might ask to play without words by hovering, if you will, by standing nearby the game, by watching the game intently. And if that's the case, if we notice someone doing that, usually kids will get really annoyed. They're like, they're staring at me. They won't leave me alone. They keep following me. When actually, that child really just wants to play with them. They just don't know how to ask. That's usually the situation. So by telling kids this, hey, when someone's not leaving you alone and watching you play and staring at you, they might want to play with you. So you could be an includer and invite them to play. You could say, hey, we're playing tag. Do you want to join us? And they might love that. That might be all they need. Or maybe they're not interested in playing tag or they're not sure about playing it yet. They want to see how it goes. Some kids just like to watch and that's okay. But by asking them to play, you're being an includer, you're being welcoming, and you're helping care for our community. And it's an important lesson in how people communicate differently and to not assume that when someone's just staring and watching you play that they are annoying you, that they actually might be interested in playing with you. Those are the students, though, that when we see that happening routinely, we want to really help them individually on practicing ahead of time to make a play plan and to ask others to play. So I don't want to just send my students out who I know struggle with this, who I know just stand around watching other people play. I want to support them in making a plan in advance. The other students that I want to help with making a play plan are my students who are often getting in trouble for being physical at recess or needing a lot of reminders or redirections, or getting into fights with friends. You know, we've all had the students who are like magnets to each other, and they are not good friends, but yet they somehow just keep finding their way back to each other, and then it causes all kinds of problems. Having a play plan for these students is so important. So if I have these students in my class, I pull them aside before recess 
and we make a plan. I even have a piece of paper that they fill out and they give to the recess teacher ahead of time. And this plan goes over exactly what are they going to play and who are they going to play with. And if they put down a name of someone they're going to play with, I have them ask that friend before they go outside. Because as soon as I let the kids go outside, they're running in all directions and they can't find each other anymore. So it's really important that if they really want to play with Joe, they go and ask Joe before they go outside, right? And Joe might say he doesn't want to play the game that your student suggested playing. And we do talk about how not everyone wants to play the same games and that's okay. And it's a different way of saying no, like, no, I don't want to play with you versus no, I don't want to play that game. We also talk about how you might say, not this recess, but maybe next recess. It's a much softer way of saying no, because we don't want to hurt kids' feelings, but it is a tricky balance because we also don't want to force kids to always play with other kids when they don't want to, because not everyone's going to be best friends. And I would hate to be forced to, you know, have lunch every single day with someone that I didn't, that I didn't connect well with. So. It's a fine balance between making sure we're includers and not like forcing kids to drop everything and play whatever the other person wants to play, advocating for themselves. So this is my way of doing that, is saying, not right now, maybe the next recess, and then really encouraging them to follow through with that because they don't have to play every single time, but we do still want to be includers. So saying not right now, maybe next recess, or no, I don't feel like playing that game. How about this game is also a nice way of saying like, yes, I'll play with you, but I just am not interested in that game. And if the person really wants to play tag and the other person doesn't, well, then they go ask someone else to play tag. And that's just how it goes. And we talk about all this with the students in the lessons, or when we're going over the play plan, we predict what could happen and Make a plan for if they say no, who could you ask next and go over all the possibilities with them. So when you have kids struggling with recess, with making friends, with being appropriate and expected at recess, having a play plan that you set ahead of time that you have in place before the kids go out, even if it's on, especially if it's on paper and you can hand it to the recess teachers is a really good way to set kids up for success. In addition to those explicit lessons that you really break down what might seem obvious to us, but is exactly how to play with other kids at recess. Kids need that training and they need those lessons to help them be successful. If you are looking for more support, all these lessons that I mentioned are in my recess curriculum and It's there as a resource to help you and helping your students. And I know that it works because I have seen such good progress with my students in the last couple of years with using this curriculum. So I do highly recommend it because I know it works. I've seen the benefit in my students. So if you want to check it out, the link is below. But you can also always send me a DM and let me know about the situation you're having with recess And how would I handle it? And I'm happy to talk it through with you. So that's how to help kids playing at recess. Before you go, the quote of the day. A five-year-old boy outside at recess told me, Whoever told the teachers it's outdoor recess is crazy. Wind chips and dust will blow in my eye again. 
I wish I had a ski goggle. Thanks so much for listening to the Kindergarten Cafe podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for more information and resources, or just head straight to kindergartencafe.org for all the goodies. If you liked this episode, the best ways to show your support are to subscribe, leave a review, or send it to a friend. I'll be back next week with even more kindergarten tips. See you then.